Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for the spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious, and the pursuers of their passion. Hosted by Melanie Dawn, Jen Anderson, and Tanya Ryan. And this episode is a special episode because it's just me and Jen. And I get to, who's me? I'm Melanie Dawn. Uh, I get to interview Jen Anderson, and I just want to know everything about you, Jen. Well, I'm excited to hear what comes out. (laughs) When I interviewed Tanya, it was like not at all what I thought the stories were going to be. And it was so cool. Really? Yeah. I just want to start with how we came to know each other. So our good friend Tanya started a little mastermind group. And I'd never met Jen before. I never uh, saw you pop up on anything. And then all of a sudden, Tanya introduced me to you and you were everywhere. You're literally the happiness coach over here, the happiness coach over there. And I was like, who is this woman? I need to know her. So that's kind of, um, I was just getting started in coaching and you were so generous with your time and you sat with me and gave me a lot of tips and offered me just a whole lot of advice that um, I desperately needed at the time. So I'm eternally grateful. almost a year ago. I know. Yeah, that's it's it's gone by so fast. Yeah. I'm so curious to know how you so tell me in your own words who you are. I just want to hear oh, it from you the words of mouth. Deep, tough questions. <laughs> I've asked for these before. Who am I? Mm, I always like this always feels like a test, this question to me for my own self. In that, if you had asked me five years ago, I was a mom, I was a wife, I was a business owner, we were in my husband's business, I did the accounting, like I would have listed off all of these external pieces of who I am. And now I feel like who I am changes regularly, but in a beautiful way of, I am not those things. I am just me today very curious person. I really, I really enjoy digging deep and I really enjoy learning more and more about myself every single day. I feel like it truly does evolve on a regular basis, week to week. Uh, Sometimes it feels like hour to hour where I just have different awarenesses of who I actually am. And so at the deep soul of it, this sounds so cheesy, but I am just like truly full of love. I'm just full of love for all of the trials that life can bring. And then the depth that I get to dive into those trials. I just think it's so fascinating life. I just love it. And so I have such a hard time with that question because I think it changes on a regular basis. And that is at the core of, I just want to know how to love more, meaning love myself more, love the world more, love my family more, uh, just acceptance and surrender to what everything is and just be okay with all of that. Yeah, that's really cool. Cause I, when I met you, you were strictly the happiness coach. And I remember you saying like, you felt like just a mom, you know, like there was a shell with a bunch of roles attached to it. And then it was like positivity you were attached to. And then over the last year, I've watched you morph into like, 
hey, what's over here? What's this dark side about us? What's going on here? So I've watched you change throughout, like even your coaching in this last year, how you're, who you're drawing in, how you're presenting yourself, the impact, everything. I love that. We should do that for each other in some capacity because we do get to watch each other change. Like watching, even we were talking about Tanya the other day of like the power that she is stepping into. Like you can just everything is just emanating from her right now. And I absolutely love where she is right now. Like she's just stepping into so much and it feels just powerful in what she's doing every little step of the way. And I'm so proud for her. So happy for her. So excited for her and her future. And I think it is kind of cool that we get to see that about each other. (laughs) Yeah. It's a definite vibration. That's for sure. It is. But yeah, it has a big change of like, no more false positivity. Okay, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. What shifted in you? What shifted in you that changed this? I was, a year ago, I was still really trying to focus on strictly positivity within myself. Seeing the good for everything. I have always been that way my whole life, trying to see the good that comes out of situations. I've seen heavier, darker situations in my own life and reflecting back on them, always taking like the good part of them because I think we do hold on to our stories so much and we can, you know, fight for our limitations in that and how dark some of those times were. Or we can rewrite that story into a little bit more of a positive place. And I think that's still important but I wasn't loving myself for all of myself a year ago. There were still parts of me that were like, no, that's bad that you think that way, or it's bad that you are still struggling in this or like any part. Did you feel like you had to hide that because of what you were coaching people on? hundred percent. And it was really hard because I wanted fluid place now. Sorry to cut you off, but I just, I'm watching you just, everything you everything that is changing about you you're able to now fully embrace and share just by that shift yes and part of me has wondered if it's like a shift in social media period that Mm. it's more acceptable to be that way I think it's a combination I think it's not I think I came into my own on it and fully you were the gatekeeper the trailblazer Uh, in my own journey (laughs) but then I think there's other people out there doing it too so then it gave myself permission to be able to do that because even if I think back to a year ago I'm still following a lot of the same people but they were also in that space Mm -hmm. of only sharing the positives and that's just such a fake way to live yes there are positives in everything and yes life can is what we look the way we look at it perception is everything absolutely and so I thought if I sat in the dark that I would get sucked into the dark because I've been sucked into the dark before. I've been in those places of depression and anxiety and crying on my bathroom floor and my kitchen floor and, you know, sucking up the tears when family members walked in. And that was a few years ago now, but I thought if I allowed myself to feel those really dark feelings that then I would get stuck in them again, because at at that time, like three, four years ago, four years ago, I didn't know how to get out. Mm-hmm. And so it was like climbing out of, like clawing out of that hole at that time. And where now I'm like, whoa, those are some dark, shitty thoughts you got going on there. 
Okay, let's dive into where these are actually coming from and be okay with it because we all have those days. We all have those moments and we're all going to. And you know what? Like even you last year, some of the deeper conversations we had after Christmas in January Mm -hmm. and you having a little bit of a darker time in December last year, those things give everybody else permission. And so it's seeing people like you give permission to accept, like talking about those things. I was like, who am I to hold other people back from this? I need to give myself permission to fully honor these feelings, which in turn, that's the ripple effect I want to make in the world that we just accept all of us instead of, well, I'm just so happy. Yeah. All this brain. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about taking away happiness coach, but it still is what I stand for completely. You're still so happy though. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's Mm. some dark moments in our days, in our life, Mm -hmm. circumstances, all of these things. Like 2020 has definitely shown us some of those sides, right? But at the core of it, I think it is about owning our happy and being okay Mm -hmm. with being happy. And I think we need to embrace that more. Do you think that some of your uh, eventual happiest moments have come from your darkest moments? Like, you know, our growth is always from adversity. And I know you've had a lot of that. It's all coming. So you don't have the yang without the yang. You have to have the dark to see the light and to be able to experience. I didn't realize that you struggled so hard through the darkness that it, it was a fear of becoming an addiction. The uh, for me when I went through that, it was because I was trying to put on the happy face and say, like to everyone, you know, the job I did, I was supposed to be the level-headed one, the one with emotional resiliency, but I was not, <laughs> and yes. I couldn't tell anyone, and so it sent me into a spiral for sure. Yes. And for me, I had—I don't know if it's because I'm the oldest kid or part of just my soul. I think it's a combination. Of I had always been, nobody ever told me this. It was unspoken for sure. And it was something I probably fully put on myself, but that I needed to be the strongest. And so when I was in those darkest times, it wasn't like anybody in my family knew that. My husband was probably the only one that knew 50% of what it was going on for me because I would hide that for sure, even from him, because that's not who I wanted to be. That wasn't me at the core. And so that was really powerful in itself of just being like, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. I am not okay. And the self-rejection that comes from that too, right? Like you immediately assume that you will be rejected. So you keep it all in. Mm -hmm. And I also wore it as a badge of honor because (laughs) (laughs) we're our mother's daughters right? Yeah, I really did. Uh, When I was in my 20s, and my son's father passed away from suicide, that was a really dark time. And I was okay through most of that I dealt with it in a very different fashion than maybe some would. But I had many people that I admired in my life tell me how graceful I was and how strong I was and how admirable I was through that time. And so I thought that's who I had to be forever for all of that and so instead of allowing myself to feel those feelings I just trapped them all within my body and just kept stuffing further down and further down and so seven years later my body was like no more (laughs) 
you will not trap me in here anymore. You better get ready to deal with this shit because it's coming out full force. And so it was a really heavy year. I have a question about that because you've talked about weight struggles as well. When you were doing the trapping of the emotions, what did your body or physical body look like? So big. (laughs) It had to grow to contain it, right? Yes. And people will not believe, like I will say to people, like I lost 55 pounds four years ago, five years ago, five years ago, five to four years ago. And I lost it in a quick amount of time. And in a fairly healthy fashion, it wasn't like I was like hardcore dieting, but I did do a lot of eliminating out of my diet. And so it's not my regular lifestyle now. And I've gained probably 15 pounds back from that. But I always thought my unhappiness was tied to being fat. And after I lost the weight and then people started telling me I was too skinny and like, yeah, it was brutal realization of like, oh shit, I'm not fixed just because I'm skinny now. And then, then being able to, so it was like, my body was like, okay, well let you release the weight, but then you have to learn how to deal with your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, Do you think that that emotional, so there is always, I believe an emotional component to weight. We create this big wall that keeps everyone out. So you can lose the weight, but if you don't deal with the emotion that you are keep, keeping locked inside secret and guarded from everyone, it comes back, it creeps in because you feel unsafe. You feel too vulnerable, too exposed. So you build your wall again. Six years prior to that. So I had, I had always struggled a little bit with weight on and off after high school. And I would fluctuate my heaviest, not pregnant. I think I was at 183 and I'm five, four. So that's like, that's a fair amount of weight on my frame. And my frame is not built to carry that. Yes, I will be curvier than many family members always. That's part of me, but I wasn't meant to carry that much weight uh, physically, but it was an emotional piece. That's how I dealt with things. And now it is a protection piece. It's funny because it's not wanting to be seen. So even through the suicide and through other difficult parts of life, I did not want to be fully seen. And so then when I lost the weight and I was being seen, that was even scarier because I hadn't dealt with it properly on an emotional level. And so then there was like this cycle, unhealthy emotional cycle that I had to go through in that. It it probably took me like three years to work through that and then come to a weight that was like, okay, because then I became obsessed mm. with weight too. And so it was just yeah. another way of not dealing. I'm just going to be obsessed about what I'm putting in my body. Would you say that like hearing you talk, you had to get kind of pretty real. Is Was that the start of your coaching journey? How did you end up coaching people? It was the start, but I didn't know it at the time. So when I lost the weight, yeah, when I lost the weight, I started getting into health coaching because I had lost all this weight and people were asking me what I was doing. So that was very natural to me and that was okay. But then I was helping people lose the weight. They would lose it for like, some would lose it in a month, some would last about three months, and then the weight would come back tenfold for them. And that's when I started to realize that it's so much more a mind game. And it was really hard because I was in network marketing And I've always been an outside the box thinker, but never able to speak into my truth of that, if that makes sense of like, I would think that way, but I would think that way behind closed doors and I wouldn't share my opinions. The fear of being seen. 
so much so, right? And so when I started to see all these people lose weight and then gain it back, I was like, oh, this like this isn't the answer. I want to help these people. I truly loved helping people. And that was the beginning of realizing I do want to help people. Then I had to go through a pretty dark time to like deal with my own shit and get super real. And now looking back, I'm like, that's why you needed to, because now I have so much experience with so many different parts of rawness, of honesty, like self-honesty. And I was not intentionally, but there was a lot of blame that I was laying out there in the world. Well, I'm this way because of this. And I'm this, this happens because of that situation in our life. And it wasn't even just like towards people by any means. It was usually circumstantial. Yeah. And once I really got into the place of like, oh, I'm, I'm the one, I'm the common threat. I need to look at this a little deeper because it's not all these circumstances. It's not about anybody else out there. It's truly about me. And like wanting a deeper relationship with my husband who wasn't a big communicator at all at the time realizing like I will remember one time in my kitchen being like I was always trying to like push stuff on him to help him you need to learn you need to grow I'm doing all the work over here I'm growing I am like putting in the time and the effort and the tears and doing all these things and you're just sitting over there having like a pretty good life and not having to be normal yeah yeah how dare you (laughs) and I will remember like the moment of surrender I was walking between my kitchen and my living room and I don't even know why it hit me right then but I was like you can't you can't he doesn't he's not there this is not his journey quit trying to push your journey onto his plate because it's a little bit heavy for you right now would you say that so so the same has happened between me and Jai every time I turn my focus towards him and thank god he's honest enough with me he said to me stop focusing on me and keep focusing on you because every time I would start to get um have no confidence around what I was doing or things were getting a little too dark or a little too deep I would naturally because I want to help shift my focus to him and it was like at that time I thank god that he said look back at you but yeah. you, you know, like when you're looking at him and be like, change this, change that. And it's like, okay, there's something here that still needs to be looked at. And now I get excited. Like a couple of weeks ago, I said to Blake, my mouth was like, I used to do this a lot. I would talk and I would be telling myself in my head to shut up, stop talking, Jen. But I couldn't stop. It was like just verbal diarrhea of not nice things, usually picking or nagging at something in our life that it wasn't always like directly at him but it was never directly at me by any means and I found myself a couple weeks ago doing that of like and I was like this isn't about you or me this is about you and I was just like "Ooh, (laughs) there's a breakthrough that is about to occur here because every time that now occurs it doesn't probably hadn't happened in like a year for sure if not two years between the two of us where I had said that to him and I was like leveling up that's okay. I have like, the shit needs to come to the surface. And I think that's one of the misconceptions that people have that it's bad when we have like a lash out or anger or Mm -hmm. a negative, bad feeling, quote unquote, because you can't see my fingers, I guess. But for me, that's when I know I'm about to level up energetically in some capacity because I need to transmute the energy that's still lingering down in there and it needs to come to the surface so that I can fully let it go. It's an, it's a healing process. And so instead of shaming myself of like, oh, I just picked on Blake for like 20 minutes, 
now I will like talk about it with him of like, oh, this is great. I just had to let go of some more shit that I used to do all of the time. And that part of me was ready to heal and ready to fully let go of that. For now, it'll probably come again. Yeah. But it's okay. It's like a celebration moment instead of a shaming moment, which is... Right? Because you have awareness. Yes. Yeah. And before it was just like the shame cycle. Do you see that in your clients and not to like get into your client's junk, but uh, a lot of what we believe and I hear people say, and even in the yoga nidra practice, we have what's called a sankalpa. You, you work with your heart truth. So yeah. it's always been yours, but you just have buried it in logic and, and stories. Yeah. So something like I'm worthy comes up. Um, it, it, I've heard people say, once you heal that, you can move on to the next one. And I don't believe that. I think you could heal it for a while, but healing isn't linear. It's cyclical. Yes. And so it'll keep coming back. Maybe the the cycle is getting wider and bigger as you move up. So you don't see it as often, but you're going to come back to that. I don't think you will grow these. And I, I think you can make these, limiting beliefs or these things that we struggle through you can work with it like a best friend like I see you over there not wanting to be seen not thinking you're worthy you're a unicorn I do I have like this little stuffy that I keep at my desk for me and clients of this is like who gets to be in the driver's seat so this person this part of me this limiting belief that I have that I am clutching onto so hard is great and it wants to keep me safe and it will always be there and that's a magical thing actually mm-hmm. but I just keep it as a visual reminder of like no you're not going to be the driver you can be the passenger horses and I don't will, drive I'm going to drive yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little unicorn <laughs> I wish you guys could see it <laughs> but it truly is about just remembering that like those pieces are never fully gone. You're still going to have little bits of those. And I think too, like, yes, the circle might get, the cycle might get wider and that it's a longer time, but sometimes in the beginning, and I see this with my like, it's like, snap, 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 snap. yeah, it's the tightest cycle ever. And you feel yeah. like you're in the face of a hurricane. Cause you're like, holy crap, I worked through that. And now this is smacking me in the face again, what is going on? But it's pushing through that. It's becoming it's becoming less of the driver for you. It's, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the piece that's the absolute truth. Truth, is it going to be there? Yes. Accept it, surrender to it, love it. The more you can love that you have do those you, thoughts. Do you see it as, so in the, the training that I took for Yoga Nidra, when they say that the Sankalpa is coming to life, like it's been planted in the subconscious, that the internal map takes such a shift, but the belief system is still fighting because it's always had the power So the belief system is loud in your head, although you have this awareness now, but it it can get, it can stop growth because at that time, all of your external reality is entire chaos because it's reflecting your belief system and it's fight, it's battle, it's war. And so it's going to keep making sure you'll make the decisions that'll create circumstances that'll reinforce this belief that you're not worthy, that you're not valid. And all of that is going to come that is tough stuff to swim through. It That's really, why I think coaching is such a, like a, you know, as we grow up, as we grow up and go through yeah. these things, we realize that we're communal beings and we aren't meant to do it alone. No, we really aren't. And I think that is why we do what we do because we are able to take a different perspective of it when we're not in the emotional side of it. And so as coaches, it is important to be able to show people 
the full picture instead of like, you know, that I love my own analogy of the elephant piece always still of like the zoomed in piece, but it really is about those limiting beliefs being the driver for so long for a lot of it, our lives, like most of our lives have been let that way. And we have to, sometimes we have to have somebody else show us that like, Oh, that's like, I was talking with a client yesterday of she's so busy. She's always so busy. And I'm like, "Mm, you like that word a lot. Maybe we should just look at why we're using that word because we just, we pose all of these limits on ourselves and we fight for how hard it has to be instead of just being like, that isn't the way it has to be. But for you, it feels so real because it's our reality. And that's why I focus this too. Yeah. Because I can't see all of that on my own. Mm -hmm. I can't, there's pieces of it that I do see. And I could probably work through it over time. But if I look at my growth and my journey over the last three years, I feel like I've been able to grow so much faster because I've worked with other coaches, because I've worked at different modalities. I'm not stuck in one way in the beginning I was very like I really got into NLP in the very beginning I was like oh this is it this is this is what solves the world's problems and now I just look at it of like and they truly believe that too the people that were in that group and were being trained and all those things and it is powerful and it is amazing but there are Jen tell us for the people who don't know what what's NLP oh yeah I guess uh (laughs) neuro-linguistics pathways and so it's all about our belief systems or our thoughts, the way we think, the way our subconscious works is that we have these thoughts that have always been there. And so I, I compare it often to driving. When we learn to drive, we have to think about everything when we're getting into the driver's seat, like even opening the car door, putting on our seatbelt, going into reverse, which signal do I want to use to go this way or that way? Or where's the windshield wipers? Where's the emergency lights? All of those things we have to think about. Whereas now in our cars, unless we just got a new car, we don't have to think about any of those things. It's just automatic. I can drive downtown without thinking about stop signs, without thinking about a brake pedal or gas, or I can drive without cruise and hold the speed at, you know, hundred or whatever highway I'm at without really consciously thinking about it. And so the same thing goes for our belief systems about money, our belief systems about our worth, all of those pieces, all of those neurons have fired the same way for so long that it takes work. It feels like you're swimming upstream in the beginning to try to rewrite your brain, essentially, of how your thoughts work. Yeah, super cool. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, it, there's so much at the basis of that. So you came into it from a very scientific, and this is like where I've been wanting to go the whole conversation we've been having. <laughs> you, you entered what you're doing from a very science-based point of view and, and a need and a desire to change from yourself. When did it start evolving into something that became spiritual? I was like, I was a closet spiritual person, but I was living in very rural Saskatchewan, which is much more open-minded. I find now like they just opened a healing shop in the small town that I lived in. And I'm like, ah, I needed that. But wow, I'm so freaking proud of you guys for doing that and bringing that to the space because it wasn't super common in our world. And so I was like, as much as I was able to latch on to the science side, there's always been this pull to like, what are chakras, chakras? Because I didn't even know anybody who said the word. And so I didn't even know what it really was, but I was like building Pinterest boards for like 
soon as Pinterest came out about what all these energy things were. And so it wasn't until the last couple of years, I think moving here really for me was important. And I didn't even realize this at the time. It's not why we moved, but it really gave me permission to just be whoever I was. Mm. So you could release your old roles, your old identity. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend move to Alberta. We moved in the same month, just coincidentally. And she said to me something along that line that she was excited. She was going back to school and she was so pumped because she could just be her at school. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's essentially what I'm doing here. of just finding out who I am because I didn't even know who I was anymore. I didn't know spirituality and religion were the same thing to me. And I had, as Tanya would say, I love this injuries in the religious world that I needed to work on. And it wasn't until moving here that I was like, Oh, I can embrace this. I can, there are people and the, the people kept popping up for me. The more I leaned into it that I wanted in my world and that I were accepting of those things and just so many different, like, I remember Tanya's place was the first place that I heard somebody say witch. And I was just like, Ooh, that's hardcore. (laughs) I have goosebumps still about it. I was like, I don't know how I feel about witch, but now I'm like, yeah, there is, we're all witches. (laughs) It's the divine feminine for sure. Yeah. Yes. And it's not a negative, scary board on your nose type of situation and so just it has the same kind of connotation as the Ouija board right like oh my gosh yeah right like there is that I feel like it's a generational trauma around the word it's not the word itself yeah no it is just the trauma that surrounds it four Mm -hmm. years and generations before us absolutely yeah and yeah just like really I started working with a spiritual coach close to two years ago that was really weird and scary to me I didn't even want to tell my husband that that's what she was um and it was just like diving into it more and more every month I started I took a coach I worked with somebody about intuition and I was like I don't really know what that is and yeah it's just fascinating and now I'm like that's how I completely run my life I tried yeah that's mind-blowing yeah Wow. And look at, so that's like to give the people hope that might be feeling stuck. Look how quickly that happened for you. Look at how much your life has changed in four years, even body wise. In two years, um, there was an excitement of possibility when we moved out here, but it was like a future excitement. It was never like reality can happen quickly for me. It was like, oh, in 10 years, that would be really cool. Or in five years, those things would be really cool. Those are our limitations. Yes. And so really working through that stuff in the last couple of years, like even this morning, I was thinking about, I like to do this almost every month of like reflecting on what the year prior, where I was at, what I was thinking, those sorts of things. And I don't get out my journals. I actually got rid of all of them the other day. Oh, no way. I did. I was like, why am I... There was like a couple that I kept, but I opened two pages in each of them. And if they didn't old chapter speak to me, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm ready to release all of these. They they were like taking up so much room in my office. Yeah. 
did you so did you just throw them out or did you recycle them did you burn them what did Um, you do I wanted to burn them so bad and my husband Mm -hmm. came and took them and recycled them all while (laughs) someone's out there reading all your grit right but then I was like that's meant to be because I was kind of like should I like there was a lot to burn yeah it would have taken a while and then I was like oh I can just burn it as I go that'll be fine but then he came and bundled it all up when I wasn't paying attention like being helpful which was great I was like, okay, that was how that one was meant to be. Cause I'm a big burner. I love burning. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, that's a, that's a freedom in its own right too, is that the possibility that your soul's out there on display because the burning is another way of almost hiding, right? Like, of course yeah. you can cleanse it and let it go, but it's not there anymore. It means it's never been a part of you. And that's not true. Yeah. That is not true. Oh, I like that. I will tell him that after. I didn't even yeah, tell him. He did it. He gave you a boon. <laughs> he did. Because yeah. I I'm, like, I journaled probably 10 years ago, and it was a really dark time. Ten, between 10 and 15 years ago, I journaled quite a bit. It was one of my healing modalities, I guess. And then I found all those journals like five years after that, and I read them all. And it took me right back to that time and it was mm. dark and it was yucky. And I did not, it was like a bad car wreck. Like I just couldn't stop, but I was so deep in those feelings again. And it was such a dark period of my life that it was like a form of self-sabotage without knowing what that was at that time of like, no, you don't get to be happy. You should feel shitty again. You should really yeah. dive back into the shitty. And so I stopped journaling for a long time and didn't want to write anything down because I also didn't want my kids to ever see it. And now I would hide my journals. I was like, they would be like by my bed, but like under a couple books or, yeah. and now I have journals everywhere. If my kids yeah. stumble across something and read something, awesome, let's talk about it. Let's get into that. Like we were so, we lost a lot of money on our house that we just sold. Mm-hmm. And part of me didn't want to put that on my 13 year old. I don't want him to worry about money or think about money in a negative fashion but I shared with him how much we lost and how tight it was for a little while there and was just really open with him. And I decided, no, I, I don't get to decide what pieces I want to be honest with him about. Mm-hmm. I need to be honest with him or all of them as they mature in age. It depends on their age, I think. But the more we have these conversations with them, the more power it gives them to know that they are human and they will have ups and downs just like I've had ups Mm -hmm. and downs in all aspects of life whether that's money whether that's personal worth whether that's whatever that looks like for yourself but just fail and come back you can just keep going for that true north and I've never I like what (laughs) you've never said that I love it um I I like what you said I want to circle back because when you said that looking at your journals was like a flashback to the past, it created all of those old feelings, emotions, cause they were yours on the page. Mm-hmm. I, at the beginning, uh, I take co- coaching client notes, but I don't bring them up with the client in our next meeting. I don't take any notes when I do intuitive sessions because, yeah. uh, I, unlike therapy, you know, like it kind of seems like you keep looking back at what you just completed every time you go and not saying that therapy is, um, not you know not useful or anything but I just noticed that there's that difference difference um it's forward growth like okay we know that happened how's it showing up for you and how can you change that and so everything comes as a priority is what I say in sessions is like if we've already worked through it why do we need to keep looking back 
if it comes up again later, cool. But I, I love that you said that because that just reinforced my belief that you don't need to keep being like, remember when. I will at the end of like eight weeks with a client be like, look at what you wrote here yes. to what you're feeling now. Like, holy crap. And we do that too. I do that with clients as well, of like reflecting from the beginning and then we do like a midway and then we do an end, like every three months, depending on the client, yeah. we'll go through those. I also find that that is, I've worked with some certified coaches myself, like I've been their client and then I've worked with others that aren't certified Mm. And the certified coaches, no offense to anybody here, but if anybody is a certified coach, I want you to check yourself on this because it is not intuitively led. Mm -hmm. You keep going back to this is the process that they have to go through. These are my tools. Yeah. Yes. And looking back as a client, those were not helpful because it kept me Mm. in this space of like, this is the only way you grow. You will go through these steps and it is a linear process. And so I think what we do with clients, Mel, is not that way at all. We Mm. let ourselves go wherever we need to go and every human being is completely different and what's going to rise to the surface to be dealt with is what rises to the surface. I'm not going to tell you, oh, we're not dealing with that right now Mm because on paper, this is what we should do. Yeah, no, it's all, uh, I am certified. But I only, like, I'll use some of their intake forms, which is awesome. And, like, the certification that I took is very spiritually led. So it's yes. it's not very that follow this path. But I, I do notice that even as our sessions approach, I don't know what we're going to talk unless I get a download. And then as we're meeting, it all comes out. And it's, it's always, uh, like, you know, magical to watch that come to life in that way. I can't imagine what it would be like if I was, like, a school teacher. Here's our daily lesson. <laughs> I could not do it. There's just no way. There's certain yeah. things like I think we know because we've been doing like the more we do it, the more we see themes and you know, we do sometimes like I definitely find even with group programs and my one-on-one clients that will have the same th- theme through the week mm-hmm. and I feel like that's just a moon energy going on that everybody's yeah. kind of dabbling in the same area but other than that it's you got to just roll with it you Mm -hmm. like we get too structured sometimes on what things should look like and when we fully release and surrender to it will look exactly like it's meant to you it's kind of like us on the interview what are we going to talk about I don't know push record (laughs) I have no idea it'll come through but it's supposed to come through exactly the way it's supposed to yeah, control always ends up shortchanging the process, right? Like it's, we we don't, we can't ever see the macro picture because we're just looking at, I, I got to tell you guys, I've brought this up before, but Jen did this really profound analogy. There's this um, beautiful painting on a wall where she was doing some uh, work share space with. It was an elephant and most of it was magically colored. It was uh, all different colors, beautiful but she held her camera to the one beige spot. And so this camera is looking at one beige spot and as it pulls out, it pulls out, it pulls out and it gets more colorful, more vibrant, more alive. And then you see that it's an elephant and it's like, we can get so hyper-focused on an end result that we miss the beauty of what other things could be. And that's the spiritual practice, right? That is taking in the spirituality. Yeah, and just like allowing ourselves. You should put that one back on your stories again. That was a good one. It's a post, but it looks like crap as a post because I should put it back in my stories. Yeah. Because it just looks like this gray blob. 
and no one I looks at it. I should have like put words over top of it. Maybe I'll repost it that way. With, yeah. I don't know. That was really good. Something. But it, it's so important for me. Like I need to zoom out lots. I have to remind myself, no, 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 no. You are way too hyper-focused on this right now. Back it up. And it usually looks like meditation or a walk or whatever, but I can get very stubborn and I'm, I like, I have always been a person that I'm like, okay, if it needs to get done, I will get it done. Mm -hmm. And I will like dive into it and I will do it myself. And so it's also been a year of like learning how to receive help and being okay with receiving or not doing. I've never been like, my business has to look perfect. I was lucky with that in the beginning of not worrying about that as much, but that was still a process actually. But yeah, I can see that on your face. Yeah. yeah I'm like thinking, I'm like, no, that's a lie. There, there was definitely mm-hmm. in the beginning, very beginning. It was like, don't post anything <laughs> if it's not perfect. And yeah. now it's just like, I don't worry about the perfect. I have beautiful photos from Natalie. We all do, which is awesome. But if I feel called to post something like the elephant, mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about how those things look in my feed because gosh yeah I tried that for a bit it's so gross (laughs) it's so sticky and stuck I yeah I it looked beautiful but it's like this is boring I'm boring myself I'm boring the people (laughs) I love that you're like that too I have one last question before we close and that I know that you have been able to map your growth and chart your growth across your um at, at least in the last two years pretty significant growth in what ways do you feel yourself growing into 2021? What is expanding? There's just a new depth coming with 2021. Mm-hmm. And that's what this last quarter of 2020 has been to of just allowing myself to go to those depths and not be afraid of them. Mm-hmm. And also being able to take my clients to those depths, like, when we are able to do that as facilitators, it gives so much more space for our clients because we are able to see all those depths. And so I feel like 2021 is going to be a very large expansion year in many ways. My energy is much more protected going into 2021 and working with a lot more one-on-one clients, but I'm very particular on the one-on-one clients that I'm working with. Like, what kept coming through this weekend is like, I don't want to work with people that are interested in working on themselves. I want to work with people that are committed to working on themselves. Mm. So I have group programs. That's cool. If you're interested, do my group programs. Will you get benefit? Yes. Do I still think they're beneficial? Absolutely. But like the people that I am spending my time and energy with are the people that are like, let's just dig great. Let's just get dirty. Let's get in the mud. Let's dig down in there. Let's see what's all going on here. Not every moment of every day, but I think that's truly what allows us to go to a higher. Like I, I keep picturing like the valley and the mountaintop. I'm like, yeah, the mountaintop looks so much better the higher the climb, right? And so I feel like there's been a definite climb the last couple of years for myself. And now I'm like, not that I'm at the top of the mountain. I hope I'm not. I don't want to, <laughs> but like a nice little like platform where I can just like look out at some of these really cool things. I think the around the lake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of traveling next year. 
So is that what you're focusing on right now as we, as we wrap it up? What do you want people to know? What's your passion right now? What are you working? What's your projects? What are your offerings? A uh, project is definitely always going to be working with people and their money stories. Mm. I think that is like a really odd purpose to have in life, but I truly feel like that is my <laughs> money is uh, money is an emotional uh, it's, it's an emotional gateway. You can access all of it through money. Yes. Every, how we feel about ourselves. Money tells us There's everything so connected. Yeah. And I just showing people how That's why people are so grossed out by money. Ew, yes. Emotions. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't want to deal with that. I don't no. want to show people who I am by how much no, money I I'll have. Or box <laughs> of like, this is how much money I earn. This is my good job I have with my pension plan and my benefits and all of these things. And I even the like, identity of no money. Like, yeah. I can't hold on to money. I, you know, you win the lottery and you lose it. And yeah, that's a that is a, a definitely noble pursuit. Yeah, it, it, just it comes with like a lot of. Uh, you know what people think about it but it it is it's it's so deep and I think that's what's fascinating to me is that like I can tell people's money stories immediately upon talking with them for like five minutes right Mm -hmm. but then I am able to realize that like that's actually your truest connection to yourself right there if you if you feel disconnected from money you also feel disconnected to yourself and your relationships Mm -hmm. because when we do when we are in this like truly spiritual place of feeling, I'm going to say good, but I don't mean like happy all the time. Good. Mm -hmm. But when we are in that full place of trust, the money can flow in and out so easily, just like connections and time. And all three of those things are so linked together, but we, we don't always physically logically think of it that way. Yeah. There's so much like we could, I want to talk about money one time, just like your perceptions, what's happened with me, what's happened with you. And I would love to get into that because I think that there's so much to see. We will do that. We got to just like do it. We're going to do it. We're going to book it. Yes. We keep talking about it. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. I'm just trying to find the ending so we can peace out of here. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much Jen for joining me that was uh I like always I love talking to you you're so interesting Same. <laughs> all right so that's the end of this episode with Jen Anderson and Melanie Don. thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the spiritual boss I so appreciate you listening please click the subscribe button and if you enjoyed this podcast leave us a positive review quote <laughs> around that so that more people can find us if you have anything negative to say, we welcome emails and put in comments. You can email <laughs> us at the spirit or spiritual boss podcast at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at the spiritual boss podcast. We also have individual accounts on Instagram and Facebook. Give us a follow to stay in the loop between episodes. Peace in, peace out.